interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Glad to have you along. Uh, we are in the thick of uh, March. Can you believe it? We're into March and the sports are ramping up and the girls state next week, boys state and the Husker basketball, Husker baseball, Husker softball. Uh, it's man, it is all happening. So I hope you're a part of some of it. And uh, I thought, you know, in a week like this, uh, I, I had to bring in one of my friends here to talk a little bit about Huskers because there's a lot going on and a few other things as well. So uh, thanks for coming in today, Matt Schulte. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Stu. It's always fun to hang out with you on a Saturday morning. You know, isn't it, isn't it good? It's a little early, but you get that cup of coffee and you just feel fine. Yeah, that's right. I mean, earlier this week, though, you know, when it was 80 degrees on Monday and then 10 degrees 36 hours later, I just i am struggling a little bit of whiplash, a little yes. weather whiplash right now. Oh, man. That was, you know, the warmth just makes the cold, is that a word? <laughs> it makes it feel even... Coldether. Well, just think about this. So, right, it was extra warm on Monday. In order to get that same 70-degree swing, and think about this, end of July, it being 110 one day, and the next day it being 40. Like, that's just how big of a swing it was in Uh, temperature. It was massive. It was massive. Uh, I'm a, you know, it's funny. We we think we get used to it, but you never really get used to it, do you? No. No. No, No, you don't. Um, Although, don't tell my kids. They've been wearing shorts I have all day, every day, all week for a couple weeks now. What? What is it? <laughs> even, just, even when it's ten, they have no nerve endings or something. They just, they I just don't. don't know. It's, it's, that's kids, though. I said to my daughter, she was wearing shorts on. Uh, let's see, that was Thursday. She was wearing shorts. I said, Susanna, it's thirty degrees outside. Oh well, I think it's going to get warmer today. <laughs> and now she trotted. And it, and it didn't exactly, did it? Not quite. No. Not but, that warm. But at least, you know, the, the end of the week here kind of came around a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Saturday, uh, this, later today, I'm going to be uh, doing the uh, leprechaun chase. Oh, nice. State Park. Good. And uh, the early projections were it was going to be like, you know, 30 degrees. And then, of course, things progressed. And, Got a little you know, nicer. Look a little nicer. So that's going to be nice. I'd rather, although running or jogging, whatever you want to call it, uh, is is not bad in cold weather. It's not. Once you yeah. get moving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. After the first mile. For me, I need my hands. I, I like to have gloves if it's going to be yes. cold. But besides yes. that, I can, yeah. The extremities. Yes. Get the hat, get the gloves. Uh, you're going to be okay. Now, uh, before we do, we're going to dig into Huskers and all kinds of lovely things that are happening here. But first, uh, you have several hats that you wear, but your big the big hat is with Youth for Christ. <laughs> yes. And you have been, uh, big things have been happening down there. We on, have. Uh, Lake. We're getting lots of questions. So exec, I'm executive director of Youth for Christ Campus Life. We're at 64th and Pine Lake. So out there just off of Pine Lake between 56th and 70th on the south side. And there has been a lot of dirt being moved around. Mm. Tons of dirt. We uh, embarked on a raise money for a capital campaign about two and a half years ago. And finally, in end of, in November, beginning of November, we were able to begin breaking ground. Uh, we had to move a lot of dirt. I need to ask them how much dirt was moved. But they had to bring our, ba- our basketball court, excuse me, is now buried in three and a half feet of a compacted clay. 
Um, and they were able to mine that clay from another spot on our site. So they took our baseball field, mm. dug out all the clay, made a building pad for a big building. And then now they're building a re- permanent retention pond and using that dirt to fill in where they had mined the clay. So it's been a lot, a lot of dirt work for these last three months out there. Man, now a retention pond, what, that, what is that for uh, for flooding? Yeah, or? it's for flooding. There's a creek that runs through the backside of our okay. property, and so we're a very low-lying area. And so part of the requirements from the city was that we build this kind of like retention pond to, well, it, to store, the rule is such that you're supposed to store the water on your property rather than push it on your neighbors when you're in a flooding mm-hmm. floodplain area. Mm-hmm. But our retention pond is on the other side of a creek, which means it meets the rules. We can technically store the water, but it's since it's on the other side of the creek, the water from our side will never actually fill that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little counterintuitive. Meeting the letter of the law, but the letter of the law is not actually accomplishing what it intended to do. So <laughs> Yes, well... <laughs> Sometimes that's just the way it has to be. Exactly. But uh, now what this, the buildings that you're doing, what will be their functions? So we're putting a big youth center onto the back of our building. It will have a gym. It will have a couple of classroom spaces, um, some restrooms and kitchen space. So some kind of, you know, support space. But main, the main thing is gym and classroom spaces. We have a house out there that we've had for 20 years and it works great. For twenty up to twenty five, thirty kids, but once you get above thirty kids, it just just doesn't work. Yeah. And we've got um, programs, um, PLC programs, and things like that where we're running sixty kids pretty regularly. And so it'll be great, so nice to have a gym where we can do indoor activities and run around and mm-hmm. um, have you know be able to use it year round um, and be able to plan events year round without having to consider whether or not the weather is gonna. Fight yeah. against us. How many acres do you have out there, roughly? We have 10 acres, so there's sort of mm-hmm. seven acres on the front of the creek and then three acres on the backside of the creek. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and then, you, I mean, you've had, uh, like, ball fields and soccer yep. things there, right? Is that you still able to preserve some of those? Yeah, or? so the bass, the baseball court is going to go back. Baseball court. Baseball, <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> I about. Think I heard what you meant. The baseball diamond is going to be put back yeah. into place mm-hmm. um, and hopefully be used usable this summer. We've had a disc golf course out there as well, and that will be reconstructed hopefully this summer as well. Not exactly sure the timeline on that. Mm. Because the city is actually going to put a bike path all along the west side of our property as well. So we're putting a building in. They're putting a bike path. We're you know rebuilding our disc golf course. Mm-hmm. So there's like just tons of work going on out there right Everything's now. Everything's <laughs> happening. Now, I love the bike trails for running and biking and where – well, what will that trail connect up with, or will it connect up? Yeah, with it will. So it, there's a path that kind of comes up 56th Street, heading south from Highway 2, or old Highway 2, mm-hmm. whatever it's called mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And it's going to connect all the way out to 70th and Yankee Hill, where there's bike path. And it'll make a big, huge loop kind of all through southeast Lincoln. that will mm. um, head out to Yankee Hill, then come back up 84th, and hit the Billy Wolf. And so it's, it's going to be nice, great access for youth to come to our programs if they need to mm. ride a bike and... Um, give us some chance to do some of that as well. Oh, that is great. That is great. Um, there, uh, you know, in the old days, uh, Campus Life was, uh, and, and Youth for Christ, well, number one, we didn't have the number of, of students and the number of programs that you have today. Sure. But we were super dependent upon homes. Yeah. You know, doing something. So 30, 30 would be like about all you could jam into somebody's yeah. home. <laughs> but uh, now, is there still 
Uh, where, when you're doing clubs and ministries, where are they taking place then? Yeah, so historically they used to always be in homes. And there's just been a little bit less, um, you know, I think people are a little, a little more hesitant to have larger groups of kids in their house and stuff like that for whatever reasons right now. And so almost all of our programs, I mean, I'm just trying to think, I would say all of our programs currently happen either in the school in a local church or in our facility. Mm -hmm. So currently our weekly programs do not happen in private homes. Gotcha. Uh, but that used to, historically was a big way of the, that it was yeah. always run. Was any of that driven by COVID and kind of the just the, the whole, hey, we, we're gathering is kind yeah. of a scary thing? Yeah, in my 13 years here, we the first few years I was here, we were doing it in a couple of houses. Uh, but there's, it was definitely waning mm -hmm. uh, interest from parents uh, even prior to COVID. But I'm, yeah. no doubt that that probably sealed the deal a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So you you led the way, and you got uh, uh, the big uh, again ten acre plot going there, and then everything kind of filled in around you. Yes. So yeah. it's it's I mean uh, it's it's very very different than when you when the when you started out there. Yeah. When we, when they bought that place, it was kind of on the, still on the edge of town and now it's very much in the middle. I mean, we've got standing bear is several miles South of us. Now mm. you got more middle school, a couple miles East of Southeast of us as well. So we're very much in the middle of a major growth area in Lincoln. And that's part of the reason why our board decided to go ahead and take a swing at doing a capital campaign is to realize, Hey, we are permanently here. And the city's growing even more around us. You know, we had explored ideas to move more central in Lincoln. And we realized, hey, we got, we're surrounded by high school. East, Southeast, Standing Bear, Southwest are all very, very accessible to our facility. Mm -hmm. And so we, our goal is to raise $3 million for the building. We've raised about 2.4. So we've got a little ways to go. Mm. Uh, if anybody's interested, you could check us out at yfclincoln.org and click on capital campaign. You can learn a little bit more. The, the dirt work is supposed to be completed this week mm. and we'll start pouring concrete and putting six in the ground here at the end of the month. Wow. That so, is exciting. With a completion date of hopefully Thanksgiving. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to take our first break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a few other things as well. Uh, I, uh, you know me. If I'm with you, we got to talk at least a little Huskers, right? Go Big Red. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> this is Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Matt Schulte. He's the executive director of Youth for Christ and wears a couple other hats, too. We'll check in on that other hat. Uh, this You're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on The Voice of Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday, talking with Matt Schulte. And uh, Matt is the Executive Director of Youth for Christ. And sometimes you might hear the word Campus Life. It's actually Youth for Christ is the umbrella title for all kinds of things. And by the way, just while we're, at, while we're there, 
Just a quick rundown of the different uh, ministries that come under that Youth for Christ umbrella in Lincoln. So Campus Life does outreach and evangelism to kids who are attending public schools in the area. Uh, We have a program called Juvenile Justice Ministry, which specifically reaches kids that are in jail. And I know we're going to make a plug maybe at the end, but quick little plug. If you're interested in exploring whether or not ministering to kids in jail, teens in jail is up your alley on March 20th, over the lunch hour, we're doing a little tour of the juvenile detention center in town. Mm. So you could come check it out and see, just dip your toe in the water, see Mm. what it's like to be inside of a juvenile detention center and see if that's a place you might want to serve. So again, that's March 20th. um, And there is some information about that on our website at Mm yfclincoln.org. And then our third program we do is called Parent Life, which is for pregnant and parenting teens. So some difficult, difficult kids we're working with there. And Brooke and her team just do such a fantastic job along, coming alongside them in some tough times and helping them navigate. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the interesting things that, you, you know, until you, until you do this, you don't think deeply about it. But one of the things that somebody mentioned, I'm, I'm not sure if it was from your ministry, I think it was. But in any case, they were saying that oftentimes this is such a crisis in someone's life that they don't pause just to say, hey, you know, you're going to have a baby. Congratulations. You yeah. know, that, that's a, that in the midst of, all this hardship and maybe this wasn't the way your life was planned to go, but there's going to be a new life here and to just, and to just find a way to celebrate that. Yep. That's uh, I I don't know. I don't always think that way. Yeah, it is. It is easy to get lost in the hurt and pain of a moment, not realize the celebration there as well of having a baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of children, uh, you've got a few of your own. (laughs) I do. And uh, uh, I heard Let's see. We were talking off air about uh, about basketball. Yeah. And Husker basketball kind of coming alive in your family. You know, it has. You know, so I've got a uh, sophomore at East High School. Uh, his name is Joshua. And he has just caught Husker basketball fever. <laughs> he and his buddies love Husker basketball now. And what what's not to love? We're winning. We're on top. We're the best we've ever been. Probably the uh, well, maybe besides wrestling, but as far as the big sports go, the most um, successful men's sport at the University of Nebraska right now. So he's got he got himself a jersey. He's been to four games. He tells me, okay, here's who we're playing next, and <laughs> lets me know when it's happening and what's all going down. And so, uh, yeah, we're we're fully on the Husker basketball bandwagon. Uh, that is awesome. Is it now? Do you? Have you actually gotten down to the pinnacle on a regular basis? Yeah, we've gone down. He's gone, so he's 16 now, so he's driving himself. So he's actually Ooh. even taken a friend a couple of times and just gone down there by himself. Yeah. So he's been to four games, and I've been to two, I think two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took took my daughters and my wife to a game. That was the first time my wife had ever been to a Husker basketball game. Mm-hmm. She really enjoyed that, and my girls loved the uh, – they had dogs doing tricks at halftime, so that was right up there. Yes. But we did see a big win, and and uh, so we've, yeah. yeah, my family, especially my high school kid and all of his friends are fully into Husker basketball right now, super excited to see where they go. Now, now you, everybody has said, oh, the environment, it's unbelievable. It's loud, and it's raucous, and the crowd is into it, and... And, uh, well, okay, I, from your firsthand experience, how would you compare it to other other crowds and and the kind of, uh, is it, is it, are they living, is the crowd living up to the hype? I would say so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the way 
part of what helps is that they built that arena to facilitate that environment, right? Mm. So there's lights everywhere, and they've got the music tuned so well to that place, and it's easy to get in and out of. Mm. You know, parking's not a big issue. There's big park, so parking across the street. And so the way that that building was designed was so perfectly set up. It also feels smaller because you're in close to the in close to the court, even if you're up high. You know, I was sitting on the front row of the top balcony when I was last at the game with my wife and daughters. Um, but you just feel like you're there, mm. and it's all in. It's yes, I would I would agree with the hype. It is fun, high energy environment. Yeah, they're now X's and O's a little bit. I don't know if uh, you're probably more of a basketball guy than I am. <laughs> what do you? Um, and if you've observed just the last few seasons, again, it seems like you know they've. Uh, Fred has, an, has gotten some talent together, but yep. there's something there's something different about this team, and I don't know if it's all talent chemistry. What just from what you've observed, what what seems to be different about this team? Well, it is unique because I think before the season there was so much talk about Tominaga, and there's sort of this view that it was going to be the, this this one person was going to carry the whole team, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about Tominaga, and Tominaga is good. Totally, mm-hmm. he he can hit the threes. He's he plays well, but you if you watch the box scores, you just see different names at the top of every game of who's the high scorer. It's Wilcher now, it's Tominaga, it's you know, it kind of rotates through. And so they've mm-hmm. really created a great chemistry there. Um, and uh, I think part of that is big part of that is the leadership, the, the head coach, but also the assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm actually one of them is my neighbor, so I've had a chance to chat with him mm-hmm. quite often and see him coming and going. And so they've created just a great environment that really has created a well-rounded team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also really one of the big celebrations of the Husker basketball has been um, great defense. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask about that down. because that was not a that was not a Fred Hoiberg uh, trademark coming in. It was like we're going to outscore you, but now it seems like it started maybe a little last year, and now it's definitely been this year. I mean, they're uh, they become defensive juggernauts. Yeah. Yeah, they've really, and I think he did have, at least when he was in college basketball, I think he did have a stronger defensive approach to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's really just come on, come on this year. And super excited to see him in the Big Ten, Big Ten tournament here coming up. They they did so good. They actually get two buys. They're a double buy right now, I think, which means they can go deeper in the tournament without having to win any games. So. Yes. Um, and uh, no doubt, I think we're going to see them dancing in March. So yes. Now the big question is: It's one thing to get to the dance. It's They've enough. got. <laughs> I guess uh, that is the stat that, that Nebraska is the only Power Five uh, school never to have won a single game in the tournament. I think it's even bigger than only Power Five. I really? mean, it's like almost <laughs> like almost everyone. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. I mean, Oral Roberts won a game, right? You know, oh, they've man. they've done that several times. That's a super small school in Oklahoma, for those who don't know. Yeah. But yes, Nebraska has zero wins ever in the NCAA tournament. But this is the year, baby. I'm year. hoping. I'm hoping. Did you know that there's a decent chance that they could play in Omaha for March Madness? So. For like round one? Yeah. Yep. Seriously? Yeah. Yep. If they if they if, the, if they're at their projection, if they land the projection where they currently are, that seed has a game in Omaha. Ooh. Doesn't I mean that was four. There's four seeds, so you know there's still a chance they could end up in whatever Tallahassee. Would that, would that be in the same? Uh, but hopefully Creighton would be in a different bracket. 
I, I, you know, probably yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I doubt they would end up head to head against each other. But yeah. Husker basketball, here we go. We're super excited. My family's in. I'm where I wear my Husker jersey because my son tells me, "Hey, it's basketball game," so I go grab my Husker shirt and put nice. it on. Nice. <laughs> the uh, the the uh, now you've got again more than one son. You got others. Do they are they equally passionate about anything Husker? Yeah, um, they. You know what? My son is all in. My oldest son is all in the Husker basketball. My other kids all like watching the games and stuff like that, but they don't. Probably that's their age when they yeah. get a little older and yeah. they 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 track along. I've got I've got a Lego maniac in my household. I've got a couple dancing girls, and so we got plenty of other activities to keep them busy. That's for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> By the way, the Lego maniac thing that won't that won't end. That just goes on and on and on. I sure hope not, because my my son. My middle school son who's into it is all in, and he loves the engineering and the making things move. He he decided one day, I think I'm going to build a pinball machine. No way. And so he went down and built a functioning pinball machine with the flappers. He even had a light sensor that would keep score for you. And if you hit it certain ways, like sounds would go off and spinning thing. I mean, it was uh, his most recent creation is a full suit mandalorian helmet chest plate arms swords guns he's made life-size mandalorian <laughs> costume out of lego out of legos yes i that okay this is a whole new level <laughs> there is a, but i assume there are a lot of his friends are that way too yeah i mean he's he's all in he's super excited he's actually got there's a big lego exhibit up in omaha here in two or three weeks and so he's gonna go up and compete there and oh man He's all in. Oh, that's cool. We've got to take another break. We'll be right back here talking with Matt Schulte. And glad to have you along here. It's the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking with Matt Schulte. He's the Executive Director of uh, Youth for Christ. And... He's a county commissioner. Uh, yep. And uh, we gotta we gotta kind of get caught up on what's happening in, in the county. I am gonna. By the way, I'm somewhere down the line here. In the next couple of years, uh, we may move. And if we do, we'll still be in the county. Good. You better. You, you so, can't. Don't abandon us. No, no, no. Wouldn't want to leave Lancaster County. <laughs> but uh, there. Uh, what's uh, remind everybody about uh, about the commission. Yeah, so uh, Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, so we oversee a portion of your property taxes because the idea is that there's not the sheriff doesn't have a line on your property taxes, the jail doesn't have a line on your property taxes, the court doesn't have a line, you know, roads and bridges for the county doesn't have their own individual line. Instead, we as the county board collect the property taxes and then divvy it up for all those kinds of services, mm. human services, um, like I said, infrastructure, roads and bridges, uh, public safety, county, jail, all that kind of stuff. Do you actually get involved? Is, is the budget a, then a subcommittee or is that a committee of the whole where you're all kind of working through that together? Yeah, it's a committee of the whole. So we just wow. recently finished a uh, kind of a mid-year budget review where we checked in to see where all of our budgets were and had to make a few adjustments you know, a little bit of hiring job, job shifting and a few improvements on some things that mm -hmm. needed to be fixed up at the, for example, the juvenile detention center had, has a few upgrades that need to happen mm -hmm. there. And what are um, the sources of revenue then? Almost exclusively 
property taxes. Okay. We also get some significant funds from gambling taxes now, about $1.2 million a year. And then we get about $9 million a year from inheritance tax. Okay. Um, and so those are the, the biggest ones, but there's some other smaller things mm-hmm. as well. We mm-hmm. also, if you stay in a hotel, you pay a visitor fund, and we get some of that money to divvy out to help you know, develop, mm-hmm. develop tourism and stuff like that as well. So. so it's funny. One of the things about speaking of the uh, casino and all that kind of stuff that now on West Denton, uh, yeah. what's that for? The name of it is whatever. Uh, Warhorse. Warhorse. Yeah, they're good. It's a horse thing. That's right. <laughs> the, um, well, it isn't, uh, what you're saying is you're going to get some, some income from that, but yep. it's not going to be like a game changer. No, no. Currently we're averaging about a hundred thousand dollars a month. So like I said, $1.2 million, which is mm-hmm. money. Sure. But it's, you know, if you think about that as, um, roads and infrastructure, that's a bridge a yeah. year. And, you know, there's hundreds of bridges in Lancaster County. So it's significant, but it's not the game changer. It's not as much of a game changer as I think was predicted. Yeah, well, and will that change maybe? Because I know they're just, I mean, okay, they had a very small facility and now they're expanding and doing all that big construction going on and so forth, which there's massive uh, growth taking place out there with the uh, you know, the apartments and, and homes going up in there. So there's going to be other property revenues, I would assume. Yeah. They're going to be picking up. But but who knows? Maybe it'll increase some when they get a bigger facility. It'll, I, I mean, it'll increase. It's not going to tenfold. Yeah. You know, it's going to double or triple, you know, kind of at most yeah. is my prediction, which is good. That's still good income, but it's not yeah. not going to be the, you know, it's going to be three, say it's $3 million. That's of yeah. our Ah, shoot, $120 million budget, $180 million budget, something like that. You know, it's not, it's not the. Not massive. Correct. Yeah. 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 What are the big issues then that, uh, so budget uh, preparation and so forth, anything, any hot items that people are a little concerned about (laughs) popping up lately? Well, I, I must admit, I got a little, I got a little fiery this week at a county commissioner meeting. We had a report from the airport authority on the redway, because you may remember, not remember, there was a an airline that was here for a very brief time, and that was funded by ARPA dollars, and 1.5 million of that came from Lancaster County, and so they came mm-hmm. and gave a report on it, and I was I uh, I pushed very hard on them because I think it's crazy that 4.2 million dollars was blown in less than three months, mm. and we have nothing to show for it, and they have not. They have not even fired a single staff member over. I mean, that's $4.2 million is a ton of money. And with that level of waste, any, any company would be seeing leadership turnover. And um, that's not true of the airport authority. So I got a little, I got a little, a little fiery on that this week. <laughs> there, the, now, a lot of people know the kind of the overarching big picture. They came, they got some funding, it didn't work, they left. But, I mean, that was a – these are obviously – these are big projects over long periods of time that – and then – so when it when it flops that quick, uh, I mean, I would assume that everyone was fairly shocked by that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, and it caught them off guard. But here's the thing. They're the airport. They're supposed to know how how to make air service work, <laughs> and they clearly didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, – who knows? Will this be fixed at the ballot box then, or how does this get addressed? I don't know. I, I mean, my hope is that the airport authority board will put some things together and realize we need some change here. 
I, I'm not very optimistic, kind of feels like, at least in our, their presentation to us this week, uh, the director's presentation, it felt to me like uh, The Wizard of Oz, like, oh, don't look behind the curtain. Everything's fine. You know, it's mm. kind of the way it felt like to me. So really, that board needs to be the one that makes a change, I gotcha. believe. Gotcha. And so I, I hope they will. I hope they lean in. Another big contentious issue this week at the county board was there's a radio or a wireless self-service tower that's going to be constru- is proposed to be constructed at Roca and Southwest 76. So it's way in Southwest Lancaster County, uh, 100th Street, maybe Southwest 100th. But anyway, a lot of people in the neighborhood, rural people in the neighborhood saying, we don't want this. There's already one half mile away, three quarters of a mile away. Um, we don't need one. We don't want one. And this particular wireless carrier is saying, but it will give us better service. And so mm-hmm. kind of some, some, a lot of tension over that too. So yeah. those are a couple of things that have been, are fresh on my mind, at least from this, this week. Yeah. When it com- <laughs> by the way, when it comes to cell towers, when we were down at 9th and D, uh, the, uh, there was a company that rented our bell tower for, oh, really? for self-service. Yeah until the fire <laughs> and it didn't work as well after that, you know, so that, you know, things happen. Uh, but, uh, uh, but it's really nice when it could be concealed that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we thought, Hey, that's, that's good for us. It's good for the neighborhood. But boy, when you're out in the country like that, I mean, is it, is the biggest concern just that it's an eyesore? Is, the is biggest it? concern is that it's an eyesore. It could affect property valuations. There's also concerns about health. Um, you know, mm. that some people live right there by the tower. Is this going to, you mm. know, expose me to some higher level of, you know, radiation or whatever. So far, the FCC holds pretty firm on that, saying that's not a concern. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's not a potential concern, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I hear them. I understand them. We actually delayed the vote on that so we could reconsider some some information on that. And so... This Tuesday, that'll come back to us as a vote. So we'll see yeah. see what ends up happening. The actual standing motion is I moved to deny the permit to put the cell tower in. That got seconded, and then we decided to wait a week and do a little more study. So we'll gotcha, see. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, when when, when a, a tower, uh, when, okay, when a company, a carrier, wants to have better service, they're either going to build their own tower or can they – can they rent from other towers? Can they share? I mean, how does that? Yeah, so usually most of them are shared. Okay. Um, usually it's owned by a local, like the actual tower itself is owned by, I shouldn't say local, by a smaller company that gets the rights, constructs the tower, and then they lease space out on that tower to mm-hmm. carriers. Mm-hmm. So the one that's three quarters of a mile away from the proposed site has multiple carriers on it. This one currently is only proposed to have one carrier on it. Mm. But they could lease it out to multiples. They could. Yeah. I just didn't know if, if there if there was capacity for something like that or yep. if this is a capacity issue where they, well, hey, they're already, they've got as much as they can handle there, and so we need another one. No, yeah. There's, this carrier's on a tower just three-quarters of a mile away already. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Okay, we're going to take our last break here. We're going to come back, do a little shameless plug, and uh, and maybe, maybe, uh, talk just a little bit of Husker baseball. Okay, sounds good. All right, it's a friendly fire Saturday. Talking with Matt Schulte here. Uh, he is the executive director of Youth for Christ and a county commissioner, and uh, we're glad to have you along. Freshen up the coffee. Uh, it's going to be a great Saturday out there. You're listening to the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN, bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 
We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Matt Schulte. And uh, Matt, it is the time of the program. I always do a shameless plug, so I say plug away. Well, two things that I've mentioned a little bit tonight, today, uh, as well as, first of all, I want to point out March 20th at noon, we're doing a See the Story tour of the Juvenile Detention Center. Mm-hmm. At Youth for Christ, where I'm the executive director, we do a program for kids that are in jail. We provide visitors that will come in and visit kids who don't have uh, 72% of teens in jail don't have a single visitor. Mm. No mom, no dad, no teacher, no coach. Nobody comes to visit them. Now, what was that percentage again? 72%. That's unbelievable. And that's Lancaster County. That's not like uh, nationwide in New York City. This is yeah. like right here. That's a true statistic pre-COVID wow statistic and so it's even a little bit higher now but so we try and mobilize volunteers to um, just come out and visit kids in jail Mm. and it's really led to some good healthy community connections which our hope is that as uh as a kid in jail as a teen in jail gets to know somebody they don't know one of the things that happens is that leads to crime is that when you don't know somebody it's easier to purport to to steal from them or damn Mm. it you know inflict property damage or different things like that. And so the idea is if they can get to know somebody they've never met before, mm-hmm. that might lead to some, you know, lower, lower crime rates. Yeah. And so, um, so anyways, if you're interested in just exploring what it looks like to volunteer in a, in a youth detention center, March 20th, over the lunch hour, uh, we're having a, t- a see the story tour. You can jump on our website, yfclincoln.org. And uh, right there on the front page of our website is the information about it. It says, uh, see the story, inspiring journey of ministry. And you can mm-hmm. click right there and get registered, and we'll we'll give you a tour, show you around. So uh, no obligation. You're just there to learn. Yep. No obligation. We don't ask for money. No. We don't even ask for a commitment for you to volunteer. We just say, come see the story, and then you can decide if you want to be a part of the story. Yeah. What are the, if you think about the kind of person, I know all kinds of people, you know, God can use to do this yeah. kind of thing. What are the, what are some of the characteristics of a person who would be a good fit for, for something like this? Yeah. So I would say two different age groups come to mind. One right away, probably most of our volunteers have been more of a grandparent kind of age. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about the teens that are ending up in jail, many of them come from very dysfunctional homes. They don't have a regular father in their household or maybe even absentee mother that's messed up on some Mm -hmm. stuff as well. And so a grandparent age person has been probably our key, our main volunteer over the years. Mm -hmm. And then second to that would be a father, a father or mother age person. So someone in their thirties or forties, forties who are willing to spend Mm -hmm. an hour or two over lunch, you know, meeting with kids in jail. Um, and so really those have been the primary age categories that have been most successful. Out what, there. And speaking of which, so you go, uh, what you, the time is established and you go and uh, is, do you, do you just talk? Do you eat? Do you play a game? Do you, what, what, what kinds of things take place then? Yeah. So the nice thing about it is, is that usually as long as we can pair you up with a kid, the, the f- scheduling for you to go out there is very flexible. So you can say, uh, I'm free at, three o'clock on Tuesdays. And then we'll try and find a kid that matches that. And three o'clock on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. you show up. And our hope is to connect you with a kid that's going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. So over the course of a couple months, you could sit down with them for an hour and a half, you know, hour, hour and a half for six to eight times. Um, you know, when I, when I've gone out there, I've, 
played a deck of cards. They've always they're always playing cards. Play a game as a way to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. One kid told me he wanted to be the richest person in the world, so I said okay. And I got him the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, and we read it together and talked about it. Mm. And I taught him how to be rich, at least according to the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it, it is very kind of interest based conversation mostly. Yeah, yeah. There uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with. Um, uh, Alin uh, Sampson, she's the new uh, director at Matt Talbot. Okay. And she was talking about the fact that, hey, you know, clients come in, they, they want a meal, and maybe they've never been there before, and they're, you know, so they want to just make them feel at home, and they want to have a conversation with them. And, and my, my observation to her was, I said, you know, well, a lot of the typical conversation starters we have just don't work, yeah. you know, when you got people coming in and off the street. Hey, what do you do for a living? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, where what? do you live? Where do you live? Like, hey, and I, you know, uh, yeah. that's not it. So you, all of a sudden you kind of, you're kind of frozen. It's like, oh, I don't know what, what would I even say? And I suppose, again, if you're visiting with a youth and you're a little older and a youth who's in jail, uh, it, it might be really, people might feel like, I don't know, what would I even talk about? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, you live in the world of youth and you, you strike up conversations all the time. Yeah. It's just like rolling off a log, you know, but, but uh, what would you say to somebody who just like, I just, Matt, I don't know what I would even say. You know? Well, if you were going to talk to a, a young adult, a young person anywhere at these conversations, this, these, these tips would work. So, um, one of the things I always like to ask kids is future questions. Hey, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What, what's, what kind of job would you like to explore? If you got to the end of your seventh grade year and you could look back and say seventh grade was a great year, what made it a great year? You know, mm-hmm. if, so if one of the things that does is that helps a kid think about the future because mm-hmm. so many youth are just so focused on today and tomorrow mm-hmm. and having, don't even think beyond that. It creates a great conversation because those kids have thought about it. They just don't think that much about it. So asking a kid about their future is a great way to start a conversation. Then the other thing you ask about is what are you, what are you interested in right now? Hey, what, you know, what, what do you like to do? What do you like to play when you're on your phone? What kind of things are you looking at? You know, what, what are you wanting to do home building? You know, do you like fixing cars? So in current interests mm. and future hopes and dreams make the best conversation starters with youth. And I have a feeling that's probably true with about anybody. Yeah, you'd think. You'd think. <laughs> but you're right. The first question we always ask is, what do you do? Where do you work? Do you have kids? Are you married? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just all of a sudden you, you begin to realize that, you know, you're, we're, I'm not good at this, you know. Yeah. And for a lot of us who are in the people business, again, we're, we could strike up a conversation with almost anybody. And yet, <laughs> and that you put it in a particular situation and all of a sudden there's that unease yeah. that, oh no, I, cause you don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, you don't want to put your foot in your mouth and it's like, you know, well, what are you doing tomorrow? It's like, well, I'm going to be in jail, Still in jail. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So you want to kind of think that through in advance. Is that part of the. Uh, if I if I came to you and I said, "Hey, man, I want to do this," and I, you, know, you go to the thing and you check it out and you think, I, "Yeah, I think I'm interested in this," what what kind of uh, where does it go from there then? So, if someone is interested, we, there is some volunteer training that uh, the detention center does, which is not really programmatic. It's more like safety and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then we do provide some basic curriculum as well that can help help it create those conversations. Uh, we do some regular volunteer training, quarterly volunteer trainings as well for people that are spending time with kids in jail to 
mm-hmm. help help equip you to be successful in that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of people that have helped out, you know, say, I could have been one of these kids in jail. Mm. And somebody invested in my life, so now I want to turn around and help them. Yeah, no, that's that's really super cool. Uh, and I and again, a lot of us think that we can't do things. We just we just need to have a little bit more imagination. Yeah, that we can probably do a lot more than we think we can. Uh, got about two two and a half minutes left here. Uh, let's just wrap up our discussion of Huskers. Okay. So are you are you bullish? On uh, on the uh, football recruits and the new quarterback and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's been it's been pretty fun to see. And uh, like <laughs> we talked about earlier, a little bit of a basketball fan right now. And Dylan Riola and Matt Rule keep showing up at those things. Oh, that's and, hilarious! And so they're showing up at the games and and uh, cheering for the basketball team. And so even seeing them out there is you know we're going to win some more games this year. Yeah. We're going to win some more games. Is it going to be enough to get to a bowl game? It dang better well be. <laughs> um, yes. Is it going to be enough to win a Big Ten championship? Nah, not quite. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're going to get to a bowl game this yeah. year. By the way, <laughs> I think there, uh, you know, there are a lot of teams, they have a good quarterback and they'll have a good season and everything, but you, you, never, you rarely see a championship team of any conference championship, you know, national championship. You never see that without pretty much an elite quarterback. Yep. Somebody who is just, you know, really, really at the top of the game. Top of the class. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Uh, the hey. Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl if Patrick Mahomes isn't there. I mean, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's, they didn't for, you know, whatever, 50 years. Same, same thing with the 49ers, right? Like they've got yeah. these, these, those teams are driven by great quarterbacks and yeah. some other good support as well. Like, and that's not, not disregarding everybody else, but. You yeah. do need that center person to have their game on, be able to hit their targets, make quick decisions. Mm-hmm. And I, I, everything tells me that Dylan Riola is that kind of person. And I hope he leads us there, and I hope he stays here for six years. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that be nice? But, well, and, and that's the thing. All we, really, I hate, it's so weird to say it, but this year, what do we really need? We need six or seven wins, yep. go to a bowl game, be competitive in the losses, and I think everybody's going to say the ship's turning around. Which, I mean, they're big-time upset in college football right now, right? Oh. Michigan lost their coach. Yep. Yep. Alabama lost their coach. Yep. I mean, there is a lot of opportunity for teams to step it up this the year. The door is open. Yes, that's right. Hey, Matt, thanks for coming in today. My I pleasure, really appreciate it. Always good to talk with Matt Schulte. He's with uh, the Youth for Christ Executive Director, and he is one of your county commissioners. And so, hey, good to get those updates as well. Uh, I leave you seeing as I always do to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next time.